It's so good to see everybody here at Blue Valley this morning. Kids, can you believe it? It's Christmas Eve. Christmas Day is tomorrow. Who's excited? I see an excited face. Yeah, absolutely. There's some excitement in the air, right? We've been waiting so long for this day. See, Christmas decorations for some of you have been up since October, right? And you've been waiting, seeing these Christmas decorations everywhere. You've been waiting all year long just for this day. Now, the question is, is what are you waiting for? I mean, we're waiting for gifts, right? We're waiting for giving and receiving gifts. And, but we have this expectation of what we want to see under the tree, right? We, what, are, what are we expecting to see in those gifts under the tree? Go ahead, take a moment, talk to those around you. Share, what is it that you want to see under the tree? Ready, set, go. All right, I hear some good ones out there. Here's some good ones. So is it toys? Is it clothing? Is it gadgets? Is it games? Maybe it's Legos. Y'all know what the Lego ones are, right? You just shake it and you figure that one out really easily. Maybe it's socks. Maybe anybody like Christmas socks? Yeah, I got a couple hands out there. That's awesome. But here's the thing is we have no idea what's in those gifts. So Christmas is so full of wonder and it's full of excitement. And so what do we do? We wait, right? We wait, but waiting is so difficult. Waiting's difficult for everyone. It's not just children. Waiting's difficult for everyone. But let's think about some of the times when we were told to wait. As a child, I heard this a lot, uh, just wait until your dad gets home, right? <laughs> not fun waiting. That is not fun waiting. There is no excitement in that. But we're told all the time as we're growing up that we have to wait until a certain age. You have to wait until you're 16 to drive. You have to wait until you're 14 or 9 or 10, whatever it is, till you get a cell phone. You have to wait until a certain age. It always seemed like an opt-out for my parents, right? They just didn't want to give me what I wanted right then and there. But as I've grown, I've learned that there's a purpose in waiting. There's a reason for it, but it still doesn't make it any easier because it's still hard to wait for that loved one to finally come home. It's hard to wait to hear from the doctor the report that he is going to give. It's hard to wait for that job offer that you've been working so hard for. It's hard to wait to know what is my purpose in life? What am I supposed to be doing right now? It's hard to wait for an answer from God. Waiting is not easy. But there's two people that we're going to look at this morning in God's word that the only reason they're really known is because they obediently waited on the promise of God. Their names are Simeon and Anna. And so if you have a Bible with you, go ahead and I invite you to open it up to Luke chapter 2 is where we'll be. You have Bibles in the pew backs in front of you. The verses will also be up on the screen. Pull out your phone, whatever it is that you need to, to have that text in front of you. 
But what we're going to see in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 22, is that Mary and Joseph are on their way to Jerusalem, or they're in Jerusalem, and they need to go to the temple for a ceremony where they present Jesus for, for a cleansing ceremony. And while they're there, they have to offer a, an offering up during this ceremony. And, and what we're told is because they are so poor, um, the only thing that they can offer are two small birds. And so that's the starting of, of where we're at in the text this morning. And then we get to verse 25, and we're introduced to this first person, Simeon. It says this, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. So Simeon's just a man. He's not a prophet. He's not a priest. He's just a man who is doing what? He is waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, consolation is a hard term for us to understand, especially in this text. This isn't like some trophy, like, good job, thanks for playing this year. No, this, this promise, what he's waiting for, is God's promise of comfort. Consolation is God's promise of a new hope. So Simeon is waiting for this promise from God of this comfort or new hope. It also says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. While the Holy Spirit was upon him, he was waiting. And then the story continues on in verse 26, where we hear that God told Simeon, hey, this promise, you're going to see it before you die. So I'm going to make sure that you're around to see the promise that I promised to you before you pass away. So Simeon did what? Simeon waited obediently for God to keep his promise. Then if you continue to read, you see that Simeon sees Mary and Joseph walk in to the temple. And he approaches them. And I don't know exactly how it happened, but this is kind of my imagination working. I believe he grabbed baby Jesus into his arms and he held him up like Simba, right? Not really. He probably grabbed Jesus into his arms. And then he began to speak. He began to speak a great blessing. It starts in verse 29. He says, Lord... Now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people, Israel. So Simeon's waiting is over. He's seen God's plan for salvation in human flesh. Jesus is what Simeon had longed for. It's what he's been waiting for all these years, the salvation and the deliverance of his people. So I can only imagine what Mary and Joseph were thinking. They walk into the temple. Some regular guy walks up to them, takes the baby out of his hands, starts speaking this blessing. But then not only that, another person walks up, and this is Anna. And Anna walks up, and she begins to, to speak about this baby. She sees all that God is doing through baby Jesus. And she begins to proclaim his greatness. She begins to give thanks to God. And she begins to speak to all those who have been waiting for the redemption of God's people. So now, who was Anna? Well, Anna was an older lady. Anna lost her husband early on in their marriage. And because of that, she 
made her life a life of worship. She made her life a life of prayer and a life of fasting. Now, Anna didn't do this just at home. No, Anna lived at the temple. It says she lived and stayed at the temple. And so while she was there, she prayed and she fasted and she worshiped, waiting for this promise. And she got to see it. She got to see God's promise fulfilled. Now, at Christmas time, it's easy for us in our waiting to lose sight of its true meaning. I mean, we have distractions all around us. Think about it. We have houses lit up with all kinds of lights, and they're beautiful. We have the distraction of Christmas parties and ugly Christmas sweaters. We have the distractions of all the food. We have distractions of movies like The Elf and Die Hard. We have all of those distractions how do we even keep our minds straight? And that's what happens is our heart then begins to be pulled away from the spiritual significance of why we celebrate Christmas. So what Christmas reminds us of, or what Christmas should remind us of, is that God always comes through on his promises. Let's let that sink in for a second. God always, say always, comes through on his promises. Say promises. So what is the promise of Christmas? Well, the promise of Christmas is a restored relationship with God. Because, see, we have decided it's to, to live our own life our own way. And we say, God, I really don't need you because I can decide and make my life the way that I want it to be. We call that sin. We call that rebellion against God. But see, God knows that, man, we need him. And God did something amazing on our behalf. He sent his son Jesus so that we could have a restored relationship with him. And so anyone who repents of this lifestyle, who turns away from that life and puts their trust and hope in Jesus and what he has done for us on the cross... The Bible says that we'll have eternal life. And that's awesome. I love the idea that we get to have eternal life, that we get to spend eternity in heaven. But for a lot of us, we think, oh, that's down the road. That's a long way from now. That's something I'm waiting for. But even greater, we get to have life in relationship with God right now because of what he has done for us. So what has Jesus done for us right now? He's brought light into a dark world. He's brought hope to the hopeless. He's brought joy in the worst of situations and circumstances that we can imagine. He brings peace that transcends understanding. But until we say, God, here's my life. Take it. It is yours. And I want to live for you. Until that happens, life always seems to feel empty. Because each one of us will try to fill our life with things that we think will bring us joy, things that we think will bring us peace, things that we think will bring us hope. And we keep chasing after all of those different things, and we sit there and we go, well, I'm, I'm not happy. I don't have joy. I don't have hope. And the reason is, is because you're like a kid who opens up socks at Christmas. 
They go, ah, thank you. Next gift. Jesus is the one who will fill that void and that hole, that emptiness in your life. See, Simeon and Anna, they waited a long time for Jesus. And they waited because they knew that God always comes through on his promises. And we can know that even today. And we have promises that we can look forward to. Promises that God says, I am going to fulfill this. We see that in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. It says, he, who is God, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. What an amazing promise. What an amazing hope to look forward to. And that's what we get to do in our waiting. But let me close with this. When Jamie and I lived in Atlanta, uh, we had the opportunity to preview uh, bits and pieces of the movie, The Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, the movie wasn't complete yet, and so the producer and the director uh, came, and they uh, sat with us and just told us a little bit of the details and stuff that they were working on, and they, they would show us these clips. And as we would watch, I noticed after a little bit that the director and the producers, they were not watching the movie. No, their eyes were focused on us. They were waiting to see our reaction during certain scenes. They wanted to see if we were moved in a certain way, if it caused any different type of emotion. Now, why weren't they watching the movie? Well, because they knew it. They, they knew what was coming next. They knew when good would win over evil. They weren't concerned about the movie because they knew the outcome. They knew that rescue was just a few frames away. And God is just like one of those directors. But he wrote the story. He knows right where you are at, down to every hair on your head. He knows what you're waiting for. He's heard your pleads for answers, your cries for rescue. He knows what causes you to worry. He knows what causes you to become weary and tired. He knows when good is going to ultimately triumph over evil. He knows your story and he has a perfect timing for everything. He knows your story and he knows what you're going through even when you can't seem to figure it out. Even when you start to question and say, God, I don't understand why it has to be this way. And God is simply saying, trust me. Trust me in your waiting. Because my timing is perfect. God is saying, trust me in your waiting. Because I always come through on my promises. I will fulfill my promises. So what is God saying to you this morning? For some of you, he's saying, today the wait can be over. He's saying the wait is over for you to be made right with God. He's saying put your trust in Jesus. 
and allow Jesus and his light to enter your life and to fill you with hope and to fill you with joy and peace. And so if that's you this morning, the Lord's speaking to your heart this morning, I invite you at the end of service, I'm going to stay right here. And at the end of service, if you need to say, you know what, I need to follow Jesus. I want that hope. I want that peace that you're talking about. Then come right up here and just say, I want to follow Jesus. And I would love to spend time with you and pray with you and encourage you. I've invited some of our other elders to stand up here as well, and they'd love to to have that conversation with you as well. There's also some of you this morning that you've trusted Christ in the past. But, man, life has gotten really hard. And you've lost your hope while you're waiting. Because of circumstances, because you don't understand why, because the world is confusing. And all God is saying to you this morning is, come back to me. Find your rest in me. Find your hope in me. Find your joy in me. And so your response this morning is not to try harder. It's not to study more of God's word. It's not to do any of those things that are all great. No, it's simply to rest in him. And to say, God, I trust you through all of these circumstances. And then as life gets hard, through your tears, share the hope that you have in Jesus. And share the hope with those around you. And then when you do, what's going to happen is this flame in your heart will get brighter and brighter and brighter. Because your trust is in him and not in yourself. And then finally, there's some of you in here that life is great. And the love of God is with you and you walk with him daily. And that is awesome. What God is saying to you this morning is share the light. We live in a dark world that is hopeless. And they don't know where to find hope. But yet you carry it in your heart. And so share that light with the people around you and the hope that you have. So this morning, as we pass around the light of Christ, I want us to reflect on what it is that God's saying to you. And then respond in obedience. And then in your waiting, trust that he will always come through on his promises. So let us pass the light of Christ and worship him as we end our service together.